Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexell. I'm Evan Wexell, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. And boy, this is uh, this is this is significant uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, if you're new to the podcast, you can go to Awkward with Evan at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, you can go to Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Spotify and please review five star it on uh, iTunes four star it whatever it is and uh, leave us a good review and subscribe and all that stuff. Um, my my friend is, this episode is is a newbie. She's a new friend of mine. Um, I spoke to her like, probably this interview is maybe a little more than a month old, but uh, it's significant for me um, because. In the last couple of weeks, and a lot of my friends or people who have followed me know this, uh, I'm going to be trying to run for state senate in California because there's been a, no- a lot of nonsense coming out of Sacramento. A lot of laws have – they've either been r- stripping you of your rights or they've been enforcing your rights, which don't make them rights anymore. Um, so I'm giving that a shot. Um, one of the issues on which I'm going to get behind is something that uh, my Facebook friend this – week. Uh, she talks about a lot. Her name is Lynette Marie Barron from Alabama. She is an advocate. She is an activist. Um, she's badass. And, uh, whether you agree with her or not, I mean, I don't even necessarily have to agree with her or not. Uh, she's, she was a new Facebook friend. I didn't know where this thing was going to go, but she mentioned autism. She mentioned that other word. Um, I'll use Vaseline as a substitute. Uh, just so that we don't get uh, stripped down by uh, big tech. But uh, I, it was fascinating to learn. Um, she has, she has, you know, she has a few kids, and and a couple of them um, got hurt that way. And I don't really want to say too much more because um, she's a great storyteller. She's been a radio host herself, so she she knows how to tell a story. And I just kind of let her roll. I just let her roll, and I just got to know her. And uh, you know, whether you wh- wherever you are on this, this Vaseline issue, it uh, it's not about Vaseline's. It's about Vaseline policy. And yes, I'm going to keep saying Vaseline. And um, you know, she she got the brunt of it. She she, she definitely uh she sacrificed a few of her kids uh, to a degree. And uh, doesn't have to be if you don't want to go that way, if if that makes sense. I'm, I'm really just trying to beat around the bush and try to be diplomatic about this. Um, a few things you'll hear in my interview with Lynette is uh, I was very surprised that um, if you're in following this issue, you know some of the main players on both sides, um, whether that's the, the choice side or the no choice side. And uh, she actually had some really nice things to say about some of those, uh, those people we know as, as the no choicers. Um, that are usually getting a lot of hate on Twitter, but then again, so are we. And then I go, I'm, I'm then again, I'm running for state Senate. So, so am I, uh, without further ado though, let me just give you this thing interrupted. Um, it, I'll just tell you now, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash funny Evan. If you want to support Lynette, she's going to give you links. I'm going to put links in the notes. Uh, and if you want to know more about my campaign, um, I will tell you that my, my link is Evan number four and senate.com and at Evan for Senate. This is definitely a big swerve in my life, but it's not about me right now. This is about Lynette Marie Barron, my new Facebook friend. Okay. This is socially awkward with Evan Wexel. And I'm getting nice and random because I have one of my newest Facebook friends, 
and she's all the way in Alabama, and we know almost nothing about one another. Um, but we were brought together uh, by by policy, I guess, public policy. So uh, welcome, Lynette Marie Barron, to Socially Awkward. Well, thank you. Yes. Nice how, to be a part of it. <laughs> how, how are things? Congrats on being the night owl you claim to be. <laughs> well, when you have a child with autism, I don't think it's a choice. I definitely understand. Um, I mean, I mean, I can get right into that now. I I have some questions, I guess, about autism in general. Um, I don't I don't have that in my family, but um, I know there's like there's the spectrum. Is there like a varying degrees, or, or could you tell us more about um, the ailment or, or what it entails? Yeah, there's definitely varying degrees. Um, for like for my daughter, she was considered one of the most severe that the place who diagnosed her had seen. Right. And um, she was also diagnosed with global developmental delay on top of her autism. And one of the main things, you know, that I've noticed is, I mean, I've, I do a lot in the community and try to help other children and other families who are, you know, dealing with the same thing. And it, the spectrum is huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, every child is so unique, but then they also have so many things in common. And, you know, you've got some who can conversate, some who can't. Right. You know, you. I mean, there's just so many different, you know, things that, like my daughter, um, she she can talk, but she can't conversate. She can, if you say something, she can say it back to you. She can repeat anything. She memorizes every TV show she sees. <laughs> You know, she can do math and she's four and a half, yeah. but she can't, you can't say like, hey, Jasmine, would you like this or do you want it? Like there's no, you can't conversate, but she's probably smarter than I am if she, if you could actually tap into what she knows. And, and is this uh, something that she just had her whole life pretty much? Um, for her, I will say yes, but I also believe it's because I was vaccinated while I was pregnant with her. She is oh, my okay. fifth daughter. Oh, wow. Or my, or my fifth child. And I had never seen anything like this before in my other children. And she is the only one I received a vaccine while pregnant with. Oh, wow. I had a little cut on my finger that took two stitches. And so they had me get a Tdap at 26 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Started getting severely sick after that, throwing up to the point that I had little polka dots all over my face and my neck and my chest and um, you know, just sick all the time after that. And then, um, when she was born, I actually almost died. Um, Whoa. apparently, yeah, apparently my placenta had grown into my uterus. So when, uh, yeah, they tried to pull that, they ended up causing me to have uh, hemorrhaging and I had to have a full emergency hysterectomy right Whoa. after she was born Whoa. and, um, stay in the hospital for a month, get 10 units of blood, two more, a couple days later. And it was definitely a rough experience, which once again, I'd never been through having a child before. And, um, I'm lucky to be here. And so they, you know, after doing some research and reading and kind of figuring things out, one of the things I noticed on the Tdap vaccine that I was given in the, in the insert says yeah. that you shouldn't have any kind of medical procedures for six to 12 months afterwards, including oh, wow. any surgeries, childbirth, anything like that. So, you know, the fact that they gave it to me while pregnant blew my mind, but then I come to find out like they do this now, this is kind of something that's happened every day all over the place. Right. And so seeing autism skyrockets, not really something I'm shocked by. And so, um, you know, we've got everybody who sees it different ways. Like for me, I'm friends with tons of doctors and scientists who have proven several times over again that this is what's happening out here. But, you know, that's a, that's, that's a whole debate there, but. What did your doctor say about the the experience, though? Did did he think it was from that, or did he think it was something else, or he didn't know? Or um, my personal, our personal family doctor, definitely he um, and that like I I honestly, this is what's crazy about her. This experience was um, 
I got this vaccine. And then two weeks later, it was actually time for my other daughter, who's a year older than her, yeah. to go in for her 18-month vaccine. Right. And I had no idea what's in them, no idea, you know, anything about them. Yeah. And so go in, and she had thrushes, actually, while we were in there in the first place. And so I said, well, we should probably wait on this. She's had fever. She's sick. They said, no, we do this all the time. She's going to get six today. And they gave her six, two Whoa. or triples. And um, she ended up immediately with 105.2 fever. Whoa. We had fever for 27 days straight. We were admitted to Children's for seven weeks. Um, bone marrow aspiration, biopsies, um, hematology involved, at one point oncology involved. Um, and they finally said, her hematologist said, well, her immune system was already fighting something. Yeah. And then you give her all these vaccines, which are to trigger her immune system, which is already down. And right. it said that her, her immune system did not know how to, what to fight. It didn't know what to do. It literally went haywire and her body started fighting her own white blood cells and attacking them. Like it created antigens to her main white blood cell, which is your neutrophils. And so where you're supposed to be as a healthy person, somewhere around 5,000, she was at zero. Whoa. Every time. Yeah. Every time her body would create them, it would then attack them and, and knock them down to nothing. And so they said that her body just was so overwhelmed by being vaccinated on top of being sick that it there was it didn't know what to do. So that's what happened with her. It's actually something called autoimmune neutropenia. Okay. And so that's kind of how it was like, okay, maybe I should start researching this, looking into this, seeing what's in these things. Like, how could this happen to my child? Is it really one in a million? And... Um, it was almost instantaneously that I guess my activism began because yeah. once I started reaching out and talking to these doctors and scientists and all these people, it just became so evident to me that there's thousands and thousands of, you know, of people with these same stories and have witnessed the same thing in their children. And so for me, it was just kind of like, okay, you know, I, I need to, I need to do more. I need to be able to, I need to be telling other people this because had somebody told me this, I may have looked at this differently. I may have looked into this and this may not have happened. And, um, so that is kind of how I started my activism and I made with my first live video is actually my very first live video talking on the topic. I actually ended up getting a radio show offer and did uh, a podcast, a three hour podcast every Monday for three and a half years. Um, now after free that. Freedomizer. Is yeah, that... it was with Freedomizer, um, up until I guess about six months ago. Okay. And, um, and I mean, I've interviewed Andy Wakefield and Dale Bigtree and I mean, any doctor and scientist pretty much is, who's got anything to do with this topic. And, um, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, I've even interviewed Dr. Paul Offit from the opposition for wow. two hours straight. What was oh, that yeah. like? Um, it actually went really well. Okay. I've kind of developed a rapport. Um, I, I inundate, I run the inundation of the ACIP meeting, which is the advisory committee of immunization practices meetings three times a year at the CDC. Okay. Um, I have a Facebook group for that, a page or whatever. I, I bring hundreds of people with me, um, get in there and speak in front of the committee, try to show them the science that they're not looking at because they only look at science by the actual manufacturers. Um, right. They don't look at anything by anybody that's saying anything otherwise. And, um, and these are meetings that happen in like Georgia it's at the CDC? Yes. Okay. Yes, they happen in Atlanta at the CDC. And it's three times a year. The next one is February. And, um, I've been to everyone, I've, I've been to everyone for over three years now. Um, I was actually there alone the first time I went cause nobody in our movement really knew that people were going and that this was even happening. Yeah. And tons of doctors don't even know this is happening and this is where they're supposed to be looking to for their information. And so, um, what are the goals of their meetings? Like when they have these meetings three times a year, 
Um, their their goal is to add to the schedule, and okay. um, they're you know they're supposed to be talking safety and efficacy data, and then voting yes or no to approve it, to bring it in, or to take it off, or whatever the case may be. And I have yet to see them ever vote no. I have yet to hear them ever, no matter how many reserves are shown. Um, like, well, here's an example of something that was insane to my mind last February when okay. we were there. Um, they were voting for Heplasab B, which is a new HPV or a new um, Hep B vaccine. Right. And um, they said, well, this has got a new adjuvant in it. This has never been used before. Is right. this adjuvant being used anywhere else in the world? No. Has this been tested, used with the other adjuvants we're using now? No. So how do we know if it's safe or not? And they literally say, um, three times, say there's no data to show this, but we just assume that you just give it in a different limb and that that's okay. That's just our assumption with vaccines is if we add one to the schedule, you just give it in a different limb. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, but I'm smart enough to know that this arm is connected to this body and to the rest of this. And if you put something here, it's going to go through the whole system. So how in the you know heck does saying just put it in a different limb? And then they said, well, what about these heart attack, you know, MI, uh, you know, signals? What about this infertility? What about this? Oh, well, we'll know by 2023 whether or not it's, you know, still doing this. And, and, and we'll even put up a pregnancy registry. So if we give it to pregnant women, we'll be able to see what it does to them, too. <laughs> like, they're, they, they just don't care. It is like they're you sit in there. And if you took a shot every time they say the word assume, we'd all be drunk before we left the building. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. I go to every meeting. I'm mind blown by this. I was sure hoping when I went in there that they would prove me wrong and that I would get an enlightenment. But that is not the case. And so much has changed since I started bringing people in the building. Um, you know, fi- I mean, it's been in New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Chicago Herald. I mean, any major uh, news in our country has covered this at this point. We've been in BBC documentary and just all kinds of stuff just from inundating this one meeting uh, three times a year. And was that and, what happened a few months ago? Because I know there's like these, they were voting on some kind of schedule or something, or their goals like eliminating, recommending no more exemptions, or, or what's what what happened a few months ago? Was that something else? Um, they don't really deal with exemptions in that building. Right. They do talk about vaccine hesitant people like yeah. myself and all the people that I bring with me. Yeah. And um, they say that they've got to figure out how to deal with us because mm-hmm. they can't force us. But at the same time, you know, they can. It's kind of one of those things. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out how they need. They spent over an hour just arguing on how to say recommended without saying recommended. Like literally <laughs> spent over an hour just talking about the wording and how we can say, how can we say recommended without saying recommended? Like I'm, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there like, is this really what, you know, we're paying for here? Like, is this really what's happening? Um, and so that, that part kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I'm sorry if you guys hear a little chuckle or something in the background. That's my daughter with autism and she just woke up because she doesn't sleep very good. So if yeah. you hear my apologies, but that's just the life oh. of a mom with autism, you know, with a kid with autism. Well, so. that's, that's fine. I've had, I think I've had worse in the background, uh, during doing these. So, so you're okay. You have, you have, yeah. a, you have an exemption. What are, what are the laws like currently, I guess I'll, laws in Georgia where the CDC is located and what are the, those vaccine laws like in Alabama right now? I'm pretty sure Georgia still has their three exemption types, philosophical, religious, or medical. Yeah. I know Alabama does. Um, okay. I'm actually one of the people who actually had, when they tried to take our religious exemptions last year, I'm actually one of the people who kind of got Alabama involved and, and, and we had that bill pulled and killed in a day. 
Wow. Um, oh yeah, hundreds, hundreds went down there. Like it's, it's just the way. It, it was just to be that so many time. people showed up that they kind of abandoned ship, or yeah, yeah. We had so many people show up, and I had tons of people from all over the country also calling them, and that I mean they couldn't even keep up. They were getting upset because so many people were calling in on top of how many people were showing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that they understood that this wasn't going to fly. And I think a lot of times that just the show up, just people showing up does something. And, and them seeing how many people, because I don't think they realize how many people are actually against this. I think they really think, you know, the majority of people really do want this and want this enforced. And, right. you know, I don't care if I'm pro or anti or X or whatever you want to call it. To me, allowing the government to mandate you to do anything to your physical body is insane to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and or your children, um, because that's dangerous. I mean, you give them you give them so much power, and you already know it's going to be abused. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm very very careful with with my children and anything that that gets near them anymore. But I don't think a lot of people understand that they need to be that way, and I think that's the hardest part, and that's why we're out here screaming and and, and honestly trying to educate the other side. But my my stance in this movement, for the people most people know me, and if they do, my stance in this movement is to leave with love. Yeah. I don't ever do anything out of hate or malice. I'm not rude to the other side. And I think that that's why I can conversate with the other side. I mean, um, first time I met Paul Offit, I sat down next to him, or excuse me, Dr. Paul Offit. Yep. I sat down next to him at the CDC. He happened to be sitting where I always sit on the front row. And instead of letting that detour me, I just went and sat down right next to him. And for those of you who haven't seen me, I have neon yellow hair and I'm covered in tattoos and even on my face and my neck and everywhere inside my ears. And so it was definitely a, a, a something for him. I don't think he's experienced because he looked very like what in the world. <laughs> and um, he was watching baseball on his phone while the meeting was going. So that made me laugh. I was like, really? Like, he, this is what he probably had money on the game, you know, he probably did. And so, but he was really nice to me and I was kind of shocked by that after all I had known of him is what I had heard. And so the fact that he was cordial, I was like, okay, this is strange. Cause he obviously knew who, what I was there for. My shirt said, resist, rest, repeat. Like, you know why I'm there. Yeah. And so, um, he started talking to me and I was looking through the paperwork. Cause when you go in there, there's a table where you have the agenda for the day and any kind of slide they're going to show or anything they cover is printed out for you so you can follow along. Right. And so I had was flipping through trying to find what they were covering. And he said, I don't think they gave us that one. And I was like, did he just talk to me? And um, <laughs> like that was odd. And then um, they called a break and he came over and he said, I've got a conference I've got to get to. And I just wanted you to know that I'm not leaving because you sat next to me and that I agree with you that it does neither side any good to vilify each other and that um, we should be able to talk to each other cordially. He said, I agree with you. Interesting. And before I had. Yeah. Before I had even made it home, he found me. He had emailed me. Wow. Well, we've been emailing for about two and a half years now. Um, <laughs> and anything I asked for science wise studies, anything, he even sent me his book vaccine, the back, you know, the vaccinology, the big vaccine book sent okay. me that in the mail. Um, we've had dinner together several times. Last meeting, I actually had him and four other people from our side, like from the woke side, I guess you'll say. Um, sit down and have dinner together wow. and I allow like to where people from our side could sit and ask him questions and talk to him and show that we're, we're not all hateful, angry people and that there are a lot of us who do want to come to some sort of resolve. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is to show them mercy and to give them the out to come to the other side and, you know, not to treat them like, you know, just horrible, I mean, murderers or whatever people want to say. Like I, I, like after having as many conversations with him as I have, I do believe he thinks he's doing what's best. And 
I mean, he's confided in me things that, you know, I know if I ever said them, the whole bottom would fall out. Right. And so, I, you know, there's a level of trust there. Right. And um, so it's one of those things to me, it's like, it's so weird because I've been called controlled ops because of that. I have been made fun of. There's, I mean, I took a picture of us together last time at the CDC yeah. standing there, you know, like, hey, you know, if I can do this, why can't everybody else? Oh, they didn't and, accuse you of being a Russian asset? Oh, they call me all kinds of okay, stuff. I get death threats from both sides of the movement just because people don't understand. Like, how could you talk to him? How could you? It's like, because I have a heart. I lead with love. And the only way to do that is to talk to them, to treat them with kindness. Like, he's never been rude to me, but yeah. I've never been rude to him either, you know? Yeah. And everybody's like, well, well, if he'll talk to you, why won't he talk to Del Bigtree? Or why won't he talk to JFK or whoever? And to me, he told me straight up when, you know, because they make fun of me, because they make memes about me, because they talk down about me, because oh. they've never talked to me on a human level. Interesting. And so, I mean, I get that, though. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to somebody who does those kind of things about me or to me. I would usually avoid that type of person. So to me, it's like leading by example. You know, if, if you want them to listen to you, listen to them. If you want them to respect you, respect them. I mean, you know, when I go into the CDC, yes, I walk in like I own the place because I feel like you have to when you're doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I have made friends with all the security. I made friends with Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> I pretty much befriend anyone they bring in. <laughs> and um, the last meeting we were at in June, they had their liaison. Well, first they introduced me to Frank DiStefano. Then they had their liaison pull me off to the side. And he asked me tons of questions. He took notes. He wanted to know why we were there, what do we want to see change, you know, what can they do to make the meeting, uh, you know, where it's more understandable, like all kinds of stuff. And this guy just sat there taking notes for me the whole time of what our side would like to see. And so that was kind of mind blowing to me that they pulled me aside and were even interested in my opinion. And he said, well, I'll just tell you this, everybody on the other side of that rope knows who you are. So you're doing something. And um, so I was like, well, that's kind of cool. So it's so, part because you stand out, but also because like, you're kind of like the point person for when something at the CDC or Alabama is happening, you you kind of lead right. the herd. Oh, yeah. Well, They're, in Alabama, when measles was coming here, Fox 6 immediately called me and said, well, you're the biggest person against us we can find in our state. So we'd love to interview you. Can we come to your house? And I was like, no, but I'll meet you at the park. Definitely <laughs> not bringing you to my house. <laughs> um, but that went amazing. Josh Gount from Fox 6 in Birmingham treated me with respect. He, he covered my story with finesse. He yeah. ended it by saying, Lynette's not trying to put pro against anti. She's just asking everyone to do their own research. I had never seen a news person on a major news thing ever say that. Or they usually end it with follow what the CDC says regardless. But he didn't do that. And <laughs> right. I was just so shocked. Yeah. No, that, that, that's my, those, I might, I mean, I just watched the, this talk between RFK and someone from Kaiser here in California. And, you know, at the end they put their statement out of like the thing RFK was claiming that was, you know, was shot down then by a statement from National Institute of Health. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a web, uh, that's being weaved. Um, that, so you've never had any, uh, I guess, contact with Peter Hotez, I think is his name or Richard Pan or any of the other. Big, big have, rollers. Uh, they do not respond to me. Adam Shift is uh, a friend of mine on LinkedIn. Oh, and we wow. Talk here. Yeah, we talk on LinkedIn. Oh, believe me, I go after all of them. <laughs> uh, Dorit, Dorit talks to me through Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Often. Actually, um, when I went through, uh, well, I'm still going through my divorce. It'll be final in February. But yeah. um, I had anonymous donations to my fund to fight and have a lawyer by her and Paul. Wow. Yep. And Dorit said, I don't care what side of the fence you're on when it comes to this topic. Every mother deserves proper representation to fight for her kids. Wow. 
This is great. So leading with love does do something, whether people want to admit it or see it or whatever. Um, they've never asked me for anything. They've never asked me to do anything. People always say, oh, they're just trying to get you in their pocket. These people don't talk to me. Hell, I walked up to Dorit at the you know last meeting at the CDC because she started coming to them, shook her hand, gave the woman a hug, thanked her for being cordial to me, walked back to my seat. Wow. I mean, but that's, I feel like that's what we have to do. I mean, I see so many people memeing it up and making fun of them and talking down about them and it, it doesn't get us anywhere. To me, that makes us look like them. I mean, we get so upset if they're talking down about us or our kids, but we do it to them. It's like, don't do that. Well, the, this is blows my mind. Cause I mean, I, I have a, I have an alter ego that, that does call her Doritos, but, uh, that's, uh, but I, I feel like I've, I've like a, a Jewish exemption to Jews can do that to each other. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> this, this is, that's, this is amazing. I, I, I mean, where do you like, here's, here's my question then. I, this, is, this is more of a personal, like when, so you've been in when these, these, these bills get brought to, uh, be discussed in like a public forum. Have you been in the presence of those where they, yeah. okay. So do people like sign up to be like, I'm going to speak in favor of it or I'm going to speak against it? Or is that something that's determined ahead of time? Well, I know like for the, for this, uh, like for the, for the, those kind of meetings, it's, it's determined ahead of time. Usually what happens is they put up registration six weeks prior. Yeah. They put up public comment registration as well. Right. And I have so many people I bring now that instead of being able to just walk up and say, I'd like to make a statement and say your name. Now there's a lottery. So it used to just be whoever wanted to speak could, but I bring in so many people now they've had to change the rules. Okay. So now it's two weeks prior, and I think they told me since I like I told them that's too too short of a time frame for people to make travel plans. So I've actually got them now where I think they said they do it four weeks prior, but they're going they uh, will email you and say you either been chosen or not chosen to make a three minute public comment. Is there so that's how it works is there a them. lottery for like the the pro side and the against side to a bill, or is it just all one big lottery? It's all one big lottery, okay. but I but you can definitely tell when someone gets up to the mic who's being paid to be at the mic. It's so evident. <laughs> it is so evident. I mean, it, it literally this one woman. It was so sad. In June, um, Eugene Bunch and Destiny Bunch they lost their son Christopher um, just a little over a year ago to the HPV vaccine at 14 years old. Whoa! And um, they they were there to speak and. Right after he speaks about his son being killed as a teenager by the HPV vaccine, they have a person get up and speak all about the HPV vaccine and how great it was. And she saw us in the hallway and she apologized and she said, I am so sorry they had me say that after you spoke. She said, I had no idea that this was going to be the way this went. Whoa. It's just some regular like lobbyist that was just asked to speak or a medical official. Yes. And she had no idea. She was like, I had no idea what to expect today. I did not know it was going to be parents coming. I had no idea you guys were going to be telling what happened to your children. Um, you know, and when I, the first time I spoke in there, I know I let my mouth overload my behind because I told them straight up, I will never vaccinate my children again. And the state will not come take my kid. Like I just kind of just let it rip. And, um, so that was, that was kind of a, they kind of figured out who I was from day one. um, (laughs) I don't play. And so um, so it was definitely an interesting thing. And and just seeing how it works, I recommend anybody and everybody come out. The next meeting is uh, February 26th and 27th 
And on Facebook, if you follow the Inundate the CDC ACIP, ACIP meeting page that I have, I put up all registration information. I put up when you need to go to the site and do everything. I put up event stuff. Wow. You know, we do dinners dinners while we're in town and get everybody together. We even go out for karaoke after it's all over with just to kind of <laughs> let the steam off, you know. <laughs> That's but, a, no, I see it on your page. I mean, I'll obviously share your page during it. Um, and uh, tough love with with Lynette. What's that? Um, when I left Freedomizer, I did have a co-host at the time. Uh, his name is Anuvaja. He's out of Los Angeles, yep. and um, he was with the Vax team for a while, and he became a co-host for about a year. And um, so we were going to rebrand, and it was going to be Tough Love with Lynette and Anu. And then they needed him to come and edit Vax 2 and hit the road and do all these kind of things. So he kind of had to bow out of the show. Mm. And so when I started doing the show, it was going to be, instead of being a podcast, it was going to be uh, live through Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, and then shared to podcast platforms. But Facebook has taken away my um, option to invite a guest or have a guest join me. So I can't interview anybody through Facebook anymore. Whoa. And so I'm having to find new platforms to even be able to talk to people. Um, I had one with a doctor last Monday. I could not get him on with me to save my life. And we had so much stuff we wanted to talk about. And it was just so upsetting because we had been planning it for a while. And it was just, there was no way for me to get him on my page, no matter what we did, no matter where so, we went through. So you couldn't go live on your page with someone else? Nope. They, they have taken away my option through censorship. I am no longer allowed to invite a friend or add a friend to the conversation, period. I can only go live and talk by myself. And this is for that page or all your pages now? It's all my pages. All my pages now. Anything. They even censor, like if I share something from the Inundate page, yeah. tons of people say they can't see it, and I can. And they say there's nothing there. Like It just says it's not available. Wow. And it's anytime I share from that page. So... Now, I will tell you this back on the Paul Offit topic just real quick. Sure. One of the one of the things that I thought was so insane was, and this is not to talk any kind of smack or anything, but when I was going through all of this and uh, my divorce and everything, asking for character references, I didn't get one from any leaders on our side. Not one. And wow. I'm friends with every one of them. But I did get a character reference from Paul Offit. Wow. And it, here, I'll, I'm going to read it to you just so you can see the uh, way he talked uh, about love... someone from our side. Yeah. So he says, Your Honor, I have known Lynette for a couple of years, pri primarily through her advocacy for vaccine safety. During that time, I have seen and talked with her at the meetings at the CDC in Atlanta and had dinner with her on a couple of occasions. I find Lynette to be a deeply religious and caring person, not only to her attitudes about her own children, but for the other children who she believes has suffered as well. Most impressively, I think that Lynette strives hard to see the good in everyone. Paul A. Offit, M.D. Oh, my gosh. This is so, amazing. Wow. So that's what I handed to the judge when I went through my divorce, along with several others from friends and whatever. But, you know, and, and I remember the lawyer saying, now she can get someone who literally is against everything she fights for to talk about <laughs> like that. It might make you want to kind of think about who she is. She might look crazy, but. Yeah. What's your, <laughs> so, I know that we have in California, there, I think there's someone called the informed mama. She's very tattooed as well. Yeah. Denise Marie. Yes. Do so you guys know each other? Yes, we do. You, you like talk about tattoos, I guess, with one another. Um, not really. I'm not going to get part into of you. Denise Marie because I'm a lead with love kind of lady, so we're just going to leave that there. Okay, fine. Uh, what is? <laughs> do you have favorite tattoos? One you, one you, one you really like? Um. Yeah, I guess my resist fist tattoo inside of my ear, okay. and then also my neck has Job twenty nine seventeen, which says, "I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth." Wow. And I actually had Paul ask me what my neck says. So it was really fun to be able to say that out loud. 
So it's kind of fun when people want to read your tattoos and their activism tattoos. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of some other tattooed people in 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 entertainment and sports, so it's good. No, this is a. Uh... It's hard when you look like this in this kind of movement too, because I mean I know you see. It's mostly normal soccer moms and people like that. And so for me, it's hard because I feel like I get told so many times I wanted to judge you so bad. I wanted to not like you. Just your look just really threw me off. And then they're like, but I started listening to you or listening to your thing or talking or like watching your post. And they're like, I can't help but not like you. I'm like, well, you know, I got I, my haters become my fans. It's just the way it works. <laughs> you know, just get to know me. <laughs> what made you get into just starting the tattoos in the first place? Was it like music influence or just growing up? Or I grew up in a group home from age four to 18. Okay. And they, uh, the pastor of the church I was grown up in was the Baptist church. And he was also the administrator of the group home. Yeah. And I just remember him preaching this sermon all about how he was in a restaurant in the urinal area and some guy with tattoos and a green mohawk came in and that he was going straight to hell because of the way he looked. And that <laughs> how could people make these decisions and know that it's going to land them in hell? And I kept thinking, this is not the Bible you're teaching me. Like, this is not what the Bible says I've been reading. Like, I, that is not what I got from this. And so, I mean, as soon as I was old enough to get a tattoo, I got my first tattoo. And then I just discovered that, honestly, it's the most therapeutic thing I've ever done. And yeah. so... Um, just kind of fell in love with it. And I find it to be like a way to mar mark, you know, like mile markers almost, you know, things yeah. that happen in your life. And I can remember every single day for every tattoo I have, the entire day, whatever happened, wow. all of it. Like, because it's just one of those things for me, it just means a lot to me. And, um, you know, I went to speak at the Capitol in Wisconsin in April of this past or this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I went and got freedom on my forehead on the way to Wisconsin. Whoa. Uh, you know, like, uh, I just, I, I like to, um, I like people to know where I stand without having to ask me a question. <laughs> that cuts, it I, saves time that way. It's very efficient of you. Yes, it is. My, about 90%, I think I told you this, just about 90% of my wardrobe is activism. Like my children laugh because they say, even if we have something to go do that has nothing to do with activism, I wear, I wear all this stuff because I want people to have to, oh, well, what's that about? Or, or you know, like, well, hell, right now I'm actually wearing my Wisconsin United for Freedom shirt I got when I went to talk. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, would, uh, but, I, would, uh, I would try to send you, if I had inventory, I'm, I, my, my other guy has, has a, like a Teespring store. And uh, he has, I sent you a couple of them. But uh, yeah, there. I, I try to be silly with it. I try to like make it light. That guy oh, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah so well, I've, got a, I've got a lot of them that are, serious and i've got a lot of them that are kind of fun yeah uh, i think the one i wore uh to the the february meeting of this past year i think that was the one that had a fist and it said my outrage couldn't fit on this shirt oh and, i saw yeah yeah you yeah. think you said that yeah yeah I, I, I don't know for me it's just fine I'll, sometimes i'll make my own because like if i have a specific statement i want to make or whatever but there are so many good ones out there now i don't even have to worry about it anymore and i actually have friends who make them for me if i come up with something i had one that said this activist is too tired to piss rainbows and shit unicorns today like <laughs> i just need a break but you know so, yeah sometimes you got to keep it a little light and funny but <laughs> uh since this is our first conversation ever do you have any questions for me since you've been a radio show was your also was your radio your freedomizer show is that mostly just about the the safety and advocacy was that what it was about or did you mix it up or how how did that one um, play out it was yeah it was it was i mean there's there for me it was kind of funny to me because i thought how in the world am i gonna fill three hours <laughs> every week 
and it became super easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my, my show, I mean, I, you know, it, it was honestly, it, it was, I think I had two shows that weren't vaccine related out of, out of three and a half years. Whoa. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's all parents and doctors. I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, I've had, you know, Forrest Moretti, um, Dr. James Lineswiler was on twice, Brian Hooker, um, Suzanne Humphreys, the wild doc, Dr. Dale, um, like I said, Andy Wakefield, Del Bigtree. I mean, Oh, good Lord. The list just goes on and on. There are just senators. I had three different senators competing in California. all do my show in one day. Um, that was fun. Hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just nurses, anybody, everyone, people have lost their kids. Like I said, Paul, that was probably my, my biggest interview and the most listened to interview I've ever done with Paul Offit. Um, Dr. Jills LaMarche, the um, vice president of Life University. Um, yeah, all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> nice. Um, then what, what is next for you in that realm? Like, are you going to get back into like radio or? Mm, I don't know. I'd like to. It's just finding a platform yeah. that, um, you know, I can kind of work with and, and, and do it the way I want to. And I miss I miss interviewing people. It's so much fun. I just I love talking to people and I love finding out their life stories and and what happened. And, you know, it's so hard when it's parents who have lost their kids. I think those are the hardest shows because I literally have to mute myself. I'm crying so hard. So it's like those are the hard ones. But um, I mean, it's good for them to get their story out there. And I can't tell you how many other people hit me up who have never heard of any of this. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what happened to my child. And I had no idea this is why. And they're like, I look at their medical records and literally it's right after vaccination. And I never made the connection. Like, thank you for putting this out there. It's like, no problem. Like, this is why we do this. You know, um, the only shows I did that were outside that topic were, um, one with, um, Tim Fredo, which is a, major CBD guy out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then I had, um, Patrick Roddy and Sean Gardner come on and talk all about geoengineering. Oh. And, um, that was probably, yeah, those are, I think that was the only two shows I ever did that weren't on vaccine topic because there's just so much, I'm, I, I could do this every Monday and I've never <laughs> had a people to talk to. Okay. So then I'll let you interview me then. What, what questions do you have for me? You've never, uh, we've never spoken. I think we, I don't know how I, I maybe added you. I tried to add you because I think you popped up as like someone suggested, but then I couldn't add you cause you had too many friends, but then I think you purged someone so I could. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard part though. If I even have one person drop off my page, I end up with 30 to 40 friend requests in like an hour. It's like, how do you people find me? Like, how I don't, I don't get even it. know how I found. It. I don't know why I chose. It. I think I could. I saw you were in radio. I'm like, okay, this could this could work. You'd be a good interview. Yeah. Well, yeah. so so how did you get into radio? And and what is your podcast like? Is it just kind of <laughs> random? Or is there, no, it's is very there... it's very random. I'm in the 90s right now of uh of Facebook friends I've interviewed. Just you know, all walks of life, wherever new friends, old friends, never spoken, first time speaking. I think it's awesome. I've, I've listened to a few of them just sitting in the school pickup line and stuff. And uh, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love, you know, people just talking to people. I, I just find it entertaining and how much you can learn just by listening, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily considering myself a part of radio. I mean, I have like my comedy has been on, on some radio, like Sirius XM and um, on Pandora and Spotify, all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. This was more just like a, this is going to be like my life's work that will like be with me probably as long as Facebook doesn't get shut down for privacy laws. Uh, I think I'll just keep interviewing, interviewing everyone. And if someone doesn't want to get interviewed, guess what? We were never meant to be Facebook friends anyway. So that has happened a few times. So. Yeah, I've been through that too. Or or, or, I think the hardest part for me also, that was the other reason why I got away from Freedomizer was 
like you can interview someone whenever you want to. But for me, it was only Monday at a certain time. And so many right. people are not available at Monday, 11 a.m., you know, so it was just it was hard to, um, you know, that way, too, because there was, you know, there was a lot of people that um, that I was set to interview that had to back out just because of time and things like um, um, Christopher Exley out of the UK, um, okay. who did all those aluminum studies. We, we tried three or four different times to connect. But that poor guy, he's always teaching a class at the time I would be on the air. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just wanted more freedom in it too, but I'm sure you understand that being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely from like 10 to midnight, 1230 ish is kind of like where I can like get done what I need to get done because the rest of the day is kind of very packed with multiple, I live like multiple lives. So it's uh, <laughs> I, I need a Sound clone. Like me. I need a clone. Um, yeah. So no, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. So I just interview people and I, oh one word you said in case people didn't know you said like uh ad adjuvant is that what it was that that yeah. that's like the substance that they put in the vaccine so that that the effect of it does not get you to experience the thing you're being vaccinated against right is that okay okay and then like aluminum has been used in some cases and others substances aluminum is used in most vaccines okay uh Thimerosal, which is mercury, is still in several, and they say trace amounts, but their trace amounts are insane. Right. Um, and I mean, people don't think about formaldehyde and 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 monkey kidney cells and collie oh. cells and you know chick embryos. There's a lot of things in there. I mean, you can go and read it on the inserts, and it'll blow your mind. Yeah. So I think for me too, that's the other. Sorry, bear with me. It's fine. No, it's fine. That's Jasmine, everybody. Nice. My sweet baby. So I have a couple more questions for you. So if I'm, if I'm putting up this episode, I feel like it would be flagged if I said even the word vaccine, are there like spellings you recommend, alternative spellings you recommend if I were to mention this? Yes. Uh, when it's funny enough, when, when I do stuff like that, or I post it, I literally use the, um, parentheses, uh, the shape like C for C to do the double C because they won't, they won't like catch it that way in the algorithm here, baby. So, so far that's okay. Yeah. So far that's worked. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I would say definitely, definitely would have to say it a different way, but, and, and your um, other child that was sick and then she got the six, she, she recovered. Okay. Um, she is now in remission, which is super rare, um, for her condition. I've done so much stuff naturally, sadly for her before I understood how to deal with it. She had to get Neupogen injections, which I had to give her every other day, which is like synthetic neutrophils. Okay. And so I would have to. What does that cause, um, or, or how? What is, what's the manifest? Um, the, that was horrible. The side effects are insane. Um, it makes your bones ex, um, expand and contract. So she was constantly in bone pain. It Oof. messes up your spleen. Oof. It can cause leukemia. Wow. Um, it is a horrible medication. Um, and she would lose her hair. Um, she would. She just went through all kinds of issues being on it. And I just started, you know, once again, like moms do, researching the heck out of everything, trying to find alternatives. And yeah. I started doing my, my own type of stuff. And she went into remission. And they were in shock. The last time she was checked, she was at 12,000. And they'd never seen that. Wow. Like, she's always been at zero to 40. And she was at 12,000. They were wow. like, what in the world? Whatever you're doing, you need to write it down. Wow. <laughs> wow. So cool. Well, well, I, I want to let you get back to to your girls and and um, where can people find you? Are there certain things you we recommend them checking out about you or supporting you in certain ways? Sure, 
Um, well, I make products to help other kids who are injured and, and adults and everybody. That's um, You can find me. Um, the Etsy Barron, shop? Yep, the Etsy shop, which is Barrington Acre Farm. There's detox, there's stuff for autism, there's stuff for ADHD, there's stuff for just about anything you can think of. Right. And um, all five-star reviews, everybody loves it. Um, we have, um, I do that, I've got the, uh, you can find me on Facebook very easily under Lynette Marie Barron, where, and I'll, there you can find every social media. You can media follow app. her, you can't add her on a friend, <laughs> unless you say I sent you, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> She'll My purge someone else. I've done so much activism, everybody kind of comes your direction. When, I've been on the high wire twice with Dale. And, wow, you know, just so kinda, I feel like honored, like I, I can't believe I, I, that I landed you then, if you were... <laughs> if you had, you had a barricade up and all of a sudden, like, hey, you, know, you got to unfriend somebody so I can be your friend. And you did it. Yeah. So well, like, <laughs> some, well, yeah, but then I think certain connections happen for a reason. Yes, like when yes, you messaged yes. me, I checked you out and I was like, okay, I, I get this. Like somebody okay. sent you my direction. It could have been God. It could have been the universe, whatever. Yeah, all the above. But, you know, those kind of things happen. So I, I, I do believe all this stuff always happens for a reason. And when I saw what you do and I saw your profile picture and that you were as awake as me, like, oh, yeah, I, I did do that. I just, I'm, I'm from Long Island, New York, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just a huge Bon Jovi fan or Springsteen and whatever. But I don't know. I like there's, a lot of me is, is there's a lot of New Jersey in me for that reason. So it's just like, you know, when they do that stuff in that state, and you know, I have like friends there that would be affected, and yeah. he, and I, and I don't feel shy at all about promoting that kind of thing from a New Jersey perspective. So yeah, I don't blame you there. I try to show my love and support wherever I can all over the what's country. The, so and, what's the farthest you've traveled? Was Wisconsin the farthest you traveled to, to kind of show off your tats and, and, and your voice? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been You'd be fun in with, California. I think we would dig you in California, but yeah, I would love it. And that's where pretty much 90% of my friend base in the movement is <laughs> like mo most of the people I know are in Los Angeles or Sacramento or Modesto or something like that. So have you talked to, um, there's Melissa Floyd and, um, Dr. Bob, the vaccine conversation. Have you heard? I, I subscribe to that one. Yeah, I listen to all that stuff. Now, I'm, I, I have a hard time as a mom with injured kids getting down with anybody who still recommends any kind of schedule. Right. So oh, Dr. Bob have does have some schedules, yeah. Yes. I got you. And saying, and saying stuff like, well, only this many got autism on my schedule. It's right. like one is too many. Right. To me, one is too many. Or this many got injured, but not this many. The, the One is too many. I got you. So I think for me, that's the hard part with that kind of stuff. But yeah, when, that's, when it hits a mother you. With two injured little girls. It hits close to home. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, cool. Well, well, I'm glad we found each other. I, I'm, we'll, we'll share this away. Um, and I guess just you, you can stay on, but I was gonna for the podcast. I'll be like, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll definitely encourage people to check you out. Well, I appreciate it. I'm out here just trying to do what I can do to make it a better place and lead by example instead of just by running my mouth. You know, very nice. Viva la Alabama. Oh, yeah. You got to love it. <laughs> all the hillbillies live by me. Nice. <laughs> Believe me, I do not fit in out here at all. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll circle back soon. All right. Sounds good. So that was Lynette Marie Barron. She's a powerhouse. She had 5,000 friends. For some reason, uh, I got through as, as 5,001 or I, I bumped someone else out. So uh, I want to thank her for letting me uh, interview her. Um, if you dug this, I'm, I don't want every episode to be as heavy or, or as like, 
um, woke as this one. I'm definitely up for getting to know all my Facebook friends from all walks of life, even from all sides of an issue. So I'll try to keep it light and fluffy um, in the future. I'm nearing episode 100. Um, it should be fun. Um, if you like the podcast, again, go to Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please uh, share it. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, for now, stay awkward because things will be awkward for me for the next several months. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.